0: Okay, I'd like to um, talk about uh, projects I've been involved in called Integrating Broadside Ballad Archives, which is a collaboration between the Bodleian Library here in Oxford, the uh, Vaughan Williams Memorial Library, which is based at the English Folk Dance and Song Society in uh, Cecil Sharp House in London, the English Broadside Ballad Archive, a digitisation project based at UC Santa Barbara, and it's funded by JISC, and it is... All about broadside ballads, which are sheets of paper printed on one side only, especially in the hand press period, containing ballads, which are a kind of a, a, a vexed question of what is a ballad. But for this um, purposes of this talk, they're almost always lyric verse accompanied by a tune. Uh, here are some broadside ballads from in the Bodleian's collections uh, from the 17th, the 18th, and the 19th century a kind of romantic verse, a uh, bawdy verse, and a, 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 a rather prurient uh, ballad about a, a famous murder. Um, Bodleian Library has put <coughs> their, our collections of broadside ballads, over 30,000 online since 1997. Uh, what we're doing right now is collaborating with EBA and the Vaughan Williams Memorial Library to bring our resources together under the banner of a common cataloguing format, which we're also publishing online. We have indeed published online. Very much hope that other projects will use it. Um, that's the sort of bureaucratic, I suppose, definition of a broadside. They're kind of in functional terms, in terms of what, what they're for and how they're used. Uh, broadside ballads are both folk songs and literary texts and works of visual art. You'll see the little woodcut illustrations on the sheets. And they're also specimens of social history, actually other kinds of history as well. Uh, and the Bodleian, we don't really distinct, discriminate. We, the project can't favour any one of these user groups over any others, but we do recognise that they have different needs, although interesting, those needs often overlap. And they often change. So someone who is first of all interested in ballads as songs uh, might become interested in ballads as uh, the history of the printing of ballads and the illustrations and so forth. Um, we do. Uh, this is the kind of breakdown of those uh, functional elements. in the sheet, uh, the woodcut illustration is a wood block uh, to a pleasant new tune. The tunes are normally written on simply uh, in, in, in um, as, as words. Sometimes you get a bit of musical score. You have a text, uh, various forms of authorization. This may be printed, a printer's imprint you can maybe just about make up at the bottom of the screen. And uh, just on the far right, we have an example of a ballad seller, a ballad singer, indeed, who's selling these in the street. These are kind of specimens of street literature. So they're kind of complex, printed multimedia documents with a kind of rather unique and interesting social history and reception history. we recognise because we have different users, because these are complex items and not well served by standard forms of library cataloguing, we make available lots of different types of metadata for specialist users. And that metadata is all, is all published and reusable in the, in the very soon-to-be-launched version of the website. I won't go through all these terms. I certainly can if anyone wants. Um, uh, the bottom two, the use of linked data and also the use of user-generated indexing taken through Zotero, I think, are particularly relevant for the purposes of of this strand of the school. Um, the other uh, piece of metadata which I think is particularly relevant is the use of rowd numbers. These are work-level records for ballots in diverse formats and media. So what this means is we may have dozens of copies of a particular ballad, dozens of editions of a particular ballad, uh, which, in the new database, we group together under rowd numbers, which are uh, numbers of what? Is Steve Rowd himself just at the very bottom of the screen? Um, not a member of HE, uh, a very uh, a scholar certainly, and this folk song scholarship is distinctive because much of the scholarship is outside of higher education. That's the advantage to us for engaging with the Vaughan Williams Memorial Library. There's a kind of vernac- traditions of vernacular scholarship that you know we very much want to embed in our data. So we adopt route numbers, and what that gives us, is it links bodily and ballad records to much broader ballad traditions. You, know, you may have seen round numbers on the back of folk CDs. They're widely adopted. by the domain specialists who we want to reach, performers, researchers, and also teachers. So I guess the three biggest user types that we're interested in reaching, performers, users, uh, researchers, and teachers. Um, Those are expert users. For new users, uh, we make available subject indexes and rich browse options as a preview of the new website, and we have lots of ways of clicking around and exploring the database through dates, through subjects, which is sort of unfashionable, or have been unfashionable in the age of Google search, haven't they? But we very much know that users want to be able to search semantically through browse catalogues. Uh, we also make available kind of Google-type box where you can just start searching around, and I think you need to do both, actually. You have both have the kind of rather unspecified algorithmic search, and all kinds of subject categories, all kinds of ways into the data. Uh, they're complex objects. The other kind of... Um, serendipitous search mode we offer is a tool we call image match which corinda may know it's a tool genera- uh, created here at oxford uh, by uh, a research called andrew zissman his partner of software engineering and a postdoc Irelia really and this is content-based image recognition you can select a woodcut image this has happened at the top and it, the software has retrieved from the database all the instances where that wood block has been used in other printings which is a, a nice, innovative tool. I mean, it, it's it's very fun to use. It's very engaging. Is that only within your library, or anywhere uh, on the web? No, we yeah. have tools for linking. So you can you can upload uh, images from elsewhere. You can also specify URL. Mm-hmm. So you know there is that, and um, there's definitely potential for other databases to be linked up, and we do want to do that. But yeah, you can just up- upload an image you've taken on your phone, for example, or or elsewhere. Um, okay. Um, I guess more sort of conventional engagement tactics. I mean, the the kinds of engagement tactics I've been talking about, I've been sort of arguing in a way that c- cataloging and metadata is a, a form of engagement itself that's not just describing what an object is, but it's also of imagining how others might see that object or how they might want to use it, uh, particularly evident with the route numbers, but I think with the subject categories as well. Um, I guess the more kind of conventional engagement activity the project has done are uh, outreach events, conferences and workshops with partners such as English Folk Dance and Song Society, also the Story Museum here in Oxford, who we very much want to, uh, we're developing a relationship with, uh, who, uh, unlike ourselves, know how to reach schools in particular, know how to reach all sorts of audiences that we're only just kind of um, tipping our toes in towards engaging with. We of course use all, all forms of social media and put out press releases, uh, not without some trepidation. I think in future, having listened to what Mark says, and I guess the issue is, not there, uh, interesting thing there is, we're all, we're all encouraged to put out press releases at the beginning of our project. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have anything to show, it's kind of hard, isn't it, to sort mm-hmm. of get across what yeah. what the point is. Uh, we also have a kind of growing slice of collaborations with performers, researchers, and teachers. And here's just one example of an event that was devised by my colleague Alex Franklin, who's director of the project at the Bodleian Library. We printed some ballads at the Bodleian Library's letter presses in the Story Museum. Uh, this is Paul Nash who operates the presses on the left, and this is Mike Bennett, our technical developer. Who is, I mean, it was kind of full-spectrum engagement for Mike, because not only did he code the website, but he also printed the ballads and he sold them and sung them <laughs> in the streets of Oxford. Um, uh, uh, it was an sort of interesting experience. People tended rather to recoil. They're not used to kind of buying sheet, uh, pieces of paper anyway <laughs> in the streets, or, you know, or perhaps uh, or, uh, this type at any rate. There are other types of paper that are, you know, suggest that connections can be made, I think, with the forms of contemporary print culture, street print culture. And we also sung ballads with, we're working with a perform- duo called Alva, Vivian Ellis, and Charles Lewin, who sung ballads inside the Bodleian Divinity School and who has also used ballads in their own uh, in, in workshops with schools most recently, and we, uh, we follow their work with interest and blog about it. Um, in future, we want to add more ballads, or we want to do more knowledge exchange, of course. Uh, we, crowdsourcing is an obvious thing, I think, for this category of material, because there is this expert community outside of HE. Earlier versions of this project had a substantial elements of crowdsourcing in, and we slightly kind of pulled back this round, partly because the technicalities of the funding stream we applied for didn't allow the creation of new content. But I think there's a bigger philosophical issue that for the Bodleian, taking in a piece of crowdsourced data, uh, to take in a piece of crowdsourced data it has to be curated, I think, as kind of uh, respectfully and completely as a printed item or a videotape or something of that sort. And the Bodleian's just been sort of starting to kind of dip its toes technically and socially into the world of crowdsourcing with some other projects, one called What's the Score, around that time. So we thought we'd just take a minute to sort of step back and think about how we can crowdsource responsibly, and I'm very much in sympathy with what Mia was saying, it's like you don't just want to treat your crowdsource like a, you know, a kind of a resource. You, know, you want to engage them fully, we're educators, we want to sort of provide knowledge that they can use and become more expert, become familiar with printing process and so forth. So that's a kind of a growing, um, uh, something for the future, but um, something you watch closely, and there's lots of potential there for sure. Um, and we keep in touch with our users and uh, with you through uh, our blog, balladsblog.borderly.org, which will inform you when the site goes live, which should be by the end of July. The image matching is actually already live. Uh, we have Twitter and we have an email address. Thanks very much.